Good day, California, and indeed America, if that's where you're listening from. This is The Bankruptcy Professor. I'm back. Uh, it's been a little bit of a break for me. Uh, I've been kind of tied up doing my Monday through Friday 9 to 5 job a little bit and got busy and uh, recognized that it's been a few months, or a few weeks at least, a little over a month since I made a podcast episode, and I wanted to say off the top how much I appreciate all of you that have listened to my uh, previous episodes, uh, much more than I would have ever expected, so uh, very kind of you all. I really, really appreciate it. If you, hope you Hopefully you found the content at least somewhat valuable, somewhat helpful for you, um, and uh, hopefully it wasn't too boring for you. And if you, if you did, uh, you know, I appreciate you sharing it with your friends, supporting the podcast, following me on Twitter, uh, all of that good stuff. Uh, thank you so much for all your support. Um, I wanted to do another podcast today um, to talk about some kind of miscellaneous topics related to the bankruptcy process um, and, and really kind of focus on the end of the bankruptcy process a little bit um, and try to understand uh, some of the uh, intricacies that go into the end of the process. And specifically as it relates to a Chapter 7 asset case. Um, because those are the cases that are the ones that drag on. Uh, and certainly it was the case for me. Um, if you're a no asset chapter seven case, it's a pretty quick process overall. You're just talking about a few months, um, which is honestly the vast majority of them. I think it's something like 93 to 97%, depending on the state you live in, um, of, of chapter sevens are no asset cases where they're very quick and over in three or four months, maybe five months sometimes. But if you have an asset case, if you're a Chapter 7 situation where you, the trustee has determined that you have assets that he or she wants to talk about, those are the ones that drag on. And honestly, for the most part, they drag on for procedural reasons. Um, and um, I, I was in that situation with my case, and if you listen to some of the previous episodes, you probably know, but just a, a quick recap, I had a situation where that I was coming into some bonus money that I had actually earned prior to filing, but had not yet been paid out the money. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously in a Chapter 7 case or a Chapter 13 case uh, in the United States Bankruptcy Code, and, and you're filing a bankruptcy petition, you got to be full, transparent, honest on everything you do. Um, and I strongly urge you to consult with a lawyer before filing for bankruptcy. Uh, and I should have said that off the top, and I'll say it one more time. I'm not a lawyer. I don't give legal advice. This is merely my personal experience, my personal story, my personal journey through bankruptcy. Um, should you find yourself in a situation where you're considering bankruptcy as your only option, please do consult a local bankruptcy attorney in your area that can uh, support you in your process. I highly and strongly recommend it. Having said that, I think it's a case where, um, uh, going back to what I was saying earlier regarding uh, filing um earning income prior to filing, you have to disclose that income in honesty and full transparency, excuse me. Um, I could have left it off the petition. You know, I could have left it off the petition. It was a large amount of money that I was, it was, I was 
coming into it was over twenty thousand dollars um before taxes and i could have left it off i could have just you know uh, uh omitted it however if the bankruptcy court found out about it um it could have resulted in a situation where i could be charged with bankruptcy fraud um you know because ignorance is no excuse before the law um i could have been uh had my discharge revoked uh, could have been a real it turned my life into a living hell so it's in your best interest to don't think that you're going to get by on the system and disclose everything which i did of course and everything i did with my petition was in full transparency and honesty and i disclosed the the bonus and the trustee was um you know very transparent about not sure if he was going to pursue it or not and the reason why is um I filed my case under uh, in the Eastern District of California, where there is a bankruptcy exemption in the state of California for 75% of wages earned within 30 days of filing. And I happened to receive that bonus within 30 days of filing, even though it was earned prior to being paid, uh, prior to filing, excuse me. And the trustee accepted that exemption, meaning that the trustee only had a claim over 25% of that money. So we're talking about, um, you know, a relatively small amount of money. I think the under, the claim ended up being just around $5,000 um, because you have to, you have to factor in net income t taxes, all of that. I think it was a little less. I think it was about $4,100 to be honest. And he was in transparent in the, uh, um, the 341 meeting of creditors that he's going to have to talk to my attorney and determine if this was worth pursuing for him because it takes trustee a little bit of time. Trustee's a lawyer. Time is money for lawyers and they don't get paid an awful lot of money for doing what they do. Um, and, uh, you know, to make, you know, a few thousand bucks on the case, uh, actually less, probably about 1200 bucks on the case because they only get a certain percentage of the, uh, the asset, the money they recover. Um, it may not be worth his time, you know, and he was transparent about that, which I appreciated. And uh, he ended up the following Monday after my hearing, which was on a Thursday, uh, talking to my lawyer and saying he was going to pursue the case as an asset case, um, which for me, I was prepared to give up that four or $5,000 because I expected to, because I had filed it in the petition as I'm expecting to turn this over. I'm only claiming 75% exempt. Um, so it was not an issue for me financially to pay over the money. I had it. I received it. It was in an account waiting to be turned over. So the, 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 bum, the bummed out part I had about it was I knew this was going to prolong my case. <laughs> because when you have an asset case, the trustee has to recognize that there are several creditors within the case that may want to claim over that money. And sure enough, you have to open it up to creditors to file claims for that money. And they, and of course he did. And the statute states that you have to give 90 days for a creditor to file a claim. So I had my hearing on it in April and they had it to all the way till July to file a claim. So it's like, ay, ay, ay. Okay. So now during that time, I got my discharge because the asset case doesn't mean that you can't 
uh, still get your discharge within that time window. So I was, I felt good. At least I was discharged of the debt. I didn't owe it anymore. And you know, you got no more, no more harassing phone calls and emails and letters and all this crap, right? Which honestly started when I filed, but now I knew it was never going to happen again. So I felt a sense of relief, even though the case was still lingering, the case was still open and um, it, and it, and it lingered and it lingers and it lingers. So as I'm talking to you today, the case is still open, you know, and it's been over seven months since filing. Um, my discharge is good. I got the discharge months ago. Um, the, but the, the case is still open. And, and I wanted to, to kind of speak a little bit about that today because I want you to recognize that if you're in the same situation where you have a Chapter 7 asset case and your case is still open, don't worry don't panic. Don't freak out. It's okay. It's just a process that has to play itself out. You got your discharge. That's the most important thing about the case. That's what you filed the bankruptcy for. You have your notice of discharge. Even though your case is still open, that's okay. It's annoying. I would love to have that case shut down already. And I can tell you right now, I go on that Pacer site once or twice a week to check to see how the progress is and see if it's closed and and it's not and it's like oh there's nothing else pending let's just get this darn thing closed already um but you have to recognize you have to wait because it's a process because then after you after the the deadline passes for creditors to file claims then you have to wait for the trustee to find to file his final report with the court and then that has to get reviewed by the judge because then you have to the trustee has to file his uh, claim his own his or her own claim for part of that of those assets so part of that money for them to make some money off the case and that has to get signed by the bankruptcy judge and then the final decree could be issued by the bankruptcy judge to officially close out the case so it takes time it takes months it takes months I thought it would take weeks when I filed it takes months and that was a, a learning lesson for me now obviously I'm never going to go through this process again because I've um, I, I'm a uh, recovering spending addict to the point where I know for sure I would absolutely never put myself or my family in the same situation ever again, um, would absolutely never do it. So I know I'm never going to have to go through this again, How, but however, um, I, I, I wish it was kind of behind me fully. You know, you have that sense of, oh, it's just lingering. I can tell you though, even if you have a case linger past the six-month kind of window, the 180-day timeline where the bankruptcy court, the trustee still has a right of claim over um, assets that are inherited or earned within that timeline of 180 days, namely related to lottery winnings and inheritances. Um, I felt good once I passed that 180-day mark, but I'm really not going to feel like it's behind me until I got that notice of final decree from the bankruptcy judge and it's closed. Then I could really feel like I can really put all this bankruptcy in the closet, put it behind me, be done with it for the rest of my life, never have to think about it again unless I'm monitoring a credit report and I see it on there, um, but never have to deal with it again, really. And you can move on with your life and, and recognize that you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. So I wanted just to, to give hopefully some positive vibes out there about asset cases that you may have or an asset case that you may have that's lingering. Do not despair. 
the time will come where it comes to an end. Um, one thing I will say though, if you do have a particularly active trustee that's asking for things, which is rare, 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 please do speak, speak with your bankruptcy um, counsel, your bankruptcy attorney. There are motions that can be filed to ask to, uh, it's basically expedite the closure of the case um, and, and move on with your life. And I'm not quite at the point yet of that because I am monitoring the progress and the, the trustee final report was issued in a relatively tino, final, or excuse me, relatively timely manner. So um, I feel confident that the case is about to come to an end very soon, probably any day at this point, um, because there's no more assets to retrieve. And um, that was included in the bankruptcy um, uh, case from the trustee's final report. So um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about um, related to this process of bankruptcy is um, and it kind of goes back to what I said in my introductory podcast episode, which if you haven't listened to it, go back to that and take a listen because um, I gave you a real raw account of me in the process is kind of doing your research on the internet, on the internet with respect to bankruptcy. <clears throat> I know I've might've mentioned this in some previous episodes, but please don't, please do recognize that there is a lot of bad information online about the bankruptcy process. And I mean a lot. So when you thought you've researched everything, do it again. Research it from a different source. Research it from a different lawyer. Research it from a different person. Any sort of um, advice you can get um, to help diversify your level of knowledge of what the process is about will only help you be more mentally prepared throughout this process. Don't assume one attorney knows everything. Um, I, I can tell you this. I have talked to a plethora of different, not only attorneys, but watched different attorneys online, read different attorneys' uh, information about the bankruptcy process, I've gone and seen the bankruptcy process myself um, in person at the 341 meeting where it, I, my case wasn't even being called. I just wanted to observe. The more you can do to diversify your, your knowledge base with respect to what to expect during the bankruptcy process will truly help you be more mentally prepared throughout the entire journey of it. Keep researching. Don't stop. Keep reading. Anytime you have free time, instead of playing your game on your iPhone, go to a bankruptcy article and read it. Um, instead of um, you know reading that book uh, about... Johnny Cash and his history, go read a, uh, a bankruptcy book from a lawyer. Um, there's so much you can learn and you'll start to understand different components of the process from different perspectives, but it's really the same process and it will help you put your mind at ease. And my goal, just so you know, before I started this was to know more about the bankruptcy process than my attorney. Okay. I knew I was never going to get to that goal because my attorney was practicing for 30 years. Um, but I felt that at least if I could compete with him in knowledge and, and know what the heck he was talking about, I could truly understand my case a lot better. Um, so I wanted to make sure that you, I, I stress to all of you, research the heck out of this process. And, and I'll especially stress this to you for one specific reason. And that reason is, if you're on the fence between filing a Chapter 13 and a Chapter 7, 
this especially applies to you because you do not want to file a chapter 13 if you don't have to unless you absolutely have to that should be your last 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 resort and this is how far down the list i think it should be it should be trying to pay off your debts trying to pay off your debts some more trying to settle your debts if you have too much debt start looking at chapter seven then if you can't do chapter seven start going back to figuring out how you can settle your debt and how you can prolong the debt payout and how you can settle your debt and if you really 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 can't figure it out after that then look at a 13. I mean, it should be so far down the list that you should not even consider it if you don't have to. And I was in that exact same situation, and I talked about this on a previous podcast episode uh, about my experience between 7 and 13. But if you are on the fence, it will behoove you to know everything you possibly can. Do as much research as possible on the two different types of bankruptcies. I'm not talking about Chapter 11. Chapter 11 is a generally used for businesses. And it's a very complicated form of bankruptcy for restructuring purposes. I'm talking about consumer bankruptcy, 7 and 13. Okay, very, very different types of bankruptcy. Very different. And you do not want to get stuck in a 13 if you don't have to, because that's exactly what you'll be stuck. Um, A 13 is a situation where you're a slave of the court for five years. Okay, now there are situations where you can get out of it early, sure, you know, but if you're a slave of the court for five years, that's make your life hell for five years. You can't buy anything of substantial value without the court knowing. You want to get a new car? Nope. You want to get a new house? Nope. You want to sell your house? Nope. You want to sell your car? Nope. You are a stuck person in the 13. You are. All right. Now, some lawyers will say, oh, it's not so bad. And keep in mind that there is an effort in the legal process right now that's been going on since the 2005 um, amendments to the bankruptcy process, we'll call them, that there's an effort to get more people into 13s because creditors get paid back more money in a 13. Lawyers make more money in a 13. Everybody makes more money in a 13. Follow the money. Sevens. Lawyers still get their share in a seven, but the creditors don't and the trustees don't. And that's why creditors and trustees don't like sevens as much as 13s. Now, you want to make sure that you're doing your your research to where you have to know if you can qualify for a chapter seven bankruptcy versus a 13. There are people that are on the fence. If you're a high income person, okay, you're probably on the fence. Um, but there's ways to do it. Do your research. Look at the means test. Find the means test online. Test it out yourself. What do you actually spend? What are you going to be spending on things? What do you need to spend on things? Do you have stuff that's ongoing that you haven't been spending that you should be? For example, do you have a, a, a mouthful of rotten teeth that need to be pulled? Or... Um, you know, do you need implants? Do you need uh, braces? Do you need, um, you know, dental work? Do you need uh, any sort of um, prescription drugs? Do you, do you have medical care? Do you have things that you haven't been doing, you've been putting off because you don't have money? Well, in a, in a budget, you should have money for that stuff. And even if you're high income, 
and your expenses outweigh your income, well, you may be able to get yourself into a chapter seven situation and not a 13. So keep in mind that seven is what you want. If you're going to go down the bankruptcy process, you want to be filing a chapter seven bankruptcy. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You don't. You don't want to file another cut, another chapter of bankruptcy unless it's up to seven. You really, really don't. It's much easier, quicker, faster, cleaner, and it's the best form. Can't stress that enough. Do your research on seven and 13. If you think you have to file 13, think again. Keep looking. Keep finding new ways. Keep looking at ways that maybe will help you qualify for a seven. Okay? And your lawyer, it's in his best interest or her best interest to support you because they work for you. They can't be unethical and tell you things that are illegal to do, or maybe not even illegal, but unethical to do, or things that may be construed as are frowned upon. Um, but there's ways to, um, you know, work with what you've got, so to speak, in, in the bankruptcy petition and ensure that you can file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Um, and in my case, it wasn't that hard, even though I'm a high income earner. Um, and I, I thought I had to file a chapter 13, I realized I wasn't even looking at my budget correctly and looked at my budget again and recognized that, oh, yes, I'm actually much more appropriate for a chapter seven. So um, really pay careful attention to that and look into that. And I can't stress that enough. Get yourself away from 13 if you can. So hopefully that helps a little bit today. Um, I'm going to do my best to continue to put out additional podcasts related to the bankruptcy process. And I'll, I'll do a few more, uh, even if I have to do some shorter ones in the future that are more quick and to the point about specific components of the bankruptcy process. Um, I, I absolutely will do that. And I, I encourage you and strongly recommend that if you have any um, questions that you'd like me to address on the podcast, um, you can email me at bankruptcyprofessor at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at bkprofessorca. Um, you can follow the podcast at anchor.fm slash bankruptcyprofessor. Um, and would love to take your comments, ideas, suggestions. Thank you so much in advance if you're one of those that are supporting the podcast. If you're uh, listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast with your friends, if you go on to iTunes, or excuse me, not iTunes, iTunes is starting to go away now. Uh, if you go on to Apple Podcasts, you can rate the podcast. That really helps. Um, you know, really highly rate it. We really appreciate it. Um, and uh, looking forward to producing more content for you very soon. So with that, take care of yourselves. Have a good day, California, and indeed America, if that's where you're listening from. 